And I think that resilience and again, mindset is super important, building that resilience where it's like, it's just a tough day. It's just a tough patch. But on the other side, there's so much more. The opportunities on the other side, the friendships, the relationships that you can build on the other side, that is why it's all worth it. This is Luca Menares, and you're listening to the Solo Female Trailer Podcast, the show dedicated to empowering and inspire women to embrace the unknown and travel on their own terms. Through a mix of solo episodes and guest interviews, you will listen to stories and insights from women around the world who have embarked on their own solo travel adventures. Hi, and welcome to a new episode. The topic for today's episode is the effects of travel on your brain. Discussing this is important for promoting self-care, preparing for future trips, and raising awareness about the impact of travel on our mental health and well-being. And our guest for this episode is Robin. She is a travel, language, and personal growth junkie behind our connected world. She is now a travel life coach and language educator for intentional solo female travelers. And she also has a background in psychology. And Robin, thank you so much for your time and for being here with us. Thank you, Lou, for the great intro and for having me here. I'm like super excited because I've been following your podcast for a while now. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much. And well, since you're here and for our listeners to get to know you better, can you tell us about how did you start your journey and how did you end up creating our connected work? And also, can you tell us what your brand is about as well? Yeah, sure. Oh, well, funny because I'm on a podcast saying this, but um, actually it all started with a podcast. So I used to be a former host during the pandemic. I was missing traveling. I was missing listening to people's stories and, you know, having those random conversations with strangers. And so I started a podcast called Journeys Untold. And um, I was hosting people who were doing, you know, whether it was travel or culture related, but kind of like sharing their stories and how they're helping other people with their uh, businesses or projects that would follow. And after that, um, it kind of like followed. Like after that, I was like, well, I want to kind of brand this. And then going from the podcast, I started to realize that I also wanted to help people. Like I also wanted to create something that was mine with my own skills. So I started to go into this entrepreneurial, like from content creator to like entrepreneurial sort of way. And thanks to, you know, a bit of my business and marketing background as well, career-wise, um, I started building my brand. And the name kind of came one day, <laughs> just out of nowhere, uh, because actually of one of my tattoos that I have here, you probably won't see it on a podcast, but um I have a tattoo that it says uh, basically my motto, like a motto that I don't care, like I can be 80 and this is something that is very important for me, which is explore and connect. And I realized, uh, you know, throughout my life, my travels and so on, how important for me connection is. And by that, I mean like connecting not only to myself, but also to others and places and nature. So um, that's why. And I was like, well, that's kind of what the travel does, right? Like it connects our world, it connects our people, it opens our mind to all of this. And so our connected world, the brand as well, um, was born. And it's all about slow travel as approach to traveling. Languages, of course, as a language junkie <laughs> myself and uh, personal growth, finding personal growth 
through all of this. So yeah, here we are today. <laughs> oh, that's amazing how one thing led to the, the next one and the next one and the next one. But it all at the core, it had those two words, you know, explore and connect. Because mm-hmm. starting a podcast is about connecting with your listeners. And also, you know, everything that is related to travel is about exploring. Yeah. That's great. And- <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, no, 100%. It's funny, as you say, like, you just never know. Like, sometimes that's how life rolls, right? Like, I, w- I didn't know when I- everything started that this would have been what I do and what I am today, right? But um, it all also makes sense, like, in hindsight. I'm like, okay, no, I think I was kind of, like, supposed to to turn this into what I do now. So pretty happy with it. And now it's been about a year of, like, servicing women around the world. So, so let's dive into that. So. What can you tell us about the cognitive, probably cognitive benefits that you have seen not only in yourself and also working in your clients? Yeah, sure. Yeah, psychology is a big part of, you know, the approach. And as you said, it's kind of, you know, how people say, oh, I feel good after travel. I feel good about knowing I have a trip. It's literally like scientifically, there's a reason why. And um, I would say there's two main aspects of it. The mm-hmm. first one that I think is a very important and it's a study that uh, Dr. Diamond conducted. She uh, found in uh, like the 60s, so relatively recent, I mean, psychology is relatively recent science. Um, she found out that the belief that we had that was like, the brain is this, we're born like that. There's no changes to it. It's like this solid, unchangeable asset we have was actually changeable. Like you can change, you can create, you what is called like the wiring of the brain. So basically how the neurons communicate and are connected, which also means that's how we react to stimuli from the outside, from the surroundings, can change. And this is something called neuroplasticity, which basically means that we do have the opportunity through experiences to rewire our brain. And one beautiful thing that happens when you travel is you put yourself into new worlds into new stimuli whether it's smell even like small things like smell or a color right like you know those you go suddenly in a tropical or you go to the amazon or a tropical country and you see different colors like birds with other colors you haven't seen and connected and so this thing called uh, dendrites which are like basically the the tree part of the neuron that connects the different neurons um they grow and develop and so you create new ones and by doing that, what's happening on a brain level is you're literally creating new pathways. And those new pathways create creativity, create more, um, for example, just like different type of like hormones. So like your stress hormones go down, your, the hormones that go around and that, that depends like how you feel, that makes you feel happy or not, that all changes. And I think it's beautiful. And I think it makes totally sense, A, that we do have neuroplasticity, do have a brain that changes. Because even just thinking when you're born and you're a kid, the way you develop and the skills that you build, it cannot just be that all of a sudden you switch on a light on one side of your brain, like because you're four. And then when you're six, you switch on another one, right? Like, no, we're always using the same, like we we always use, use the whole brain, right? It's just about what do we have as a connection and what is the wiring and all of that to be honest is what you experience in life so literally yeah experiences build your brain which build your thoughts which build how you see and perceive reality 
That's great. I'm so glad that you started this conversation talking about neuroplasticity because we just we go on a trip and we yeah we feel good and we feel somewhat different but why and then yeah and also I saw I saw that study that people used to believe that you're just the way you are and and that's it like nothing will change you but no there's there's actually scientific evidence that experiences will change you so that's why it's important to always get out of your day-to-day environment and also to your day-to-day routine and live new experiences because as you mentioned like so so new brain cells will fire together and develop new neural pathways um also about what you said about the hormones of course like we also not only that we're living new experiences but also we are we have more free time we're doing things that we enjoy so we are our brains are not segregating so much cortisol which is the stress hormone but actually is, is releasing more dopamine and oxytocin which are related to um the happiness hormones um so robin i want to ask you that by working with your clients have you noticed in one of those women that changed in the sense that she was feeling a certain way in, an, in a certain negative way. And then by working with you and going on a trip and doing a slow travel, there was a, a difference in their well-being and way of feeling. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think that's a great question because it is a very important part um, of not only what I do, but also what I believe, which is kind of the whole well-being and mindset aspect of traveling. So with my clients, of course, like we do a preparation before they're even abroad so that they are ready to face certain challenges abroad. So for example, even just like loneliness, dealing with uncertainty, dealing with things that don't work out as planned, right? Which is very common, especially when you travel. Um, I think there's two. So there's a bit of like, what I notice is a difference before they leave just with the work that we do in preparation for their moving abroad. Um, so what I do is it's a lot of really like almost mindfulness practices and finding what works. And a lot of it is based also, of course, on psychology techniques. And I believe that mindfulness, what the reason why I like it, I can like feel more attached to it than maybe like pure, pure spirituality is because I generally see it connected, like even breath work and things like that. I'm like, yeah, it makes sense because it does, for example, breath work. What, what happens is that our physiology, like how we, um, for example, feel and do like, for example, we, we start breathing really fast. We can induce our brain to think that there is a danger, which induces that fight and flight reaction, right? And we can really induce those emotions in there. So of course, it's almost like biohacking in a way, right? Like finding those techniques that help you grow your brain and like use the brain in a way that you can also control those emotions, um, which also means controlling, for example, you know, doing activities that help certain hormones, like the ones that you mentioned, right? The good hormones we have, which is also, I call them also travel hormones, because it is something that, because of what you experience while traveling, um, is very much produced by your brain, which is exactly oxytocin, dopamine, endorphins, and serotonin, right? So there's a lot of this work that happens before. And then what I noticed is I had this client um, last year, actually, she was moving to uh, Spain and she was mostly like afraid, like while she was abroad, we were still speaking, of course. Um, and I was asking and she uh, mentioned that one thing that she found hard was like, for example, like making friends and things like that. And one fun thing about actually traveling is that traveling opens up 
new pathways of also empathy. And by that, it also helps you connect with people differently. So through all the also, you know, the work and the exercise and the practice that we did before she left. So she knew kind of like, okay, there's a problem, there's a challenge. This is how I regulate my nervous system. This is how I regulate my emotions. This is how, you know, what this means. She found a way, she was telling me, she found a way to, instead of dealing with this, like, oh my God, I'm alone. I'm lonely. Oh God, this was the worst decision ever, which happens, right? It's a bit, you know, not great at first when you move, you're all alone. You don't know anybody. Sometimes maybe you don't even speak the language, right? I mean, you know, too. So, you know, it's, it's not the best feeling and community and having those connections is super important. So what she did was using that to deal with the situation. So being able to not let's say dramatize and like just go into into dig a hole and just not getting out of it, but using those techniques in order to be able to um, you know, take this and try to turn it into a proactive action. So she started, you know, reaching out to people. You have to put effort, right? And this is one thing that I always tell my clients to once you decide to take this life, once you decide to move abroad, you also accept the fact that in all your relationships, you will have to put the extra effort because you have to put the extra effort to stay in contact with the people back home. You have to put extra effort to make friendships when you're like the new girl in town, right? So there's a lot. And and I think like it was a big preparation. And of course, she was able to resolve it that way. And then because of those new connections, those new conversations she had, what she was telling me is like, she uh, was surprised to see how different certain ways of living were she told me like she was really like um, you know seeing this I thought this was this one way to do things right like for example there was uh, there's only one way to to live one way to think like even like religion and things like that and she was telling me like even that like really opened her mind to it and I think after that and here comes the empathy part of you know traveling and that part of effects that it has on the brain is she was more able to put herself in other people's shoes. So I think like her relationship skills overall, I would say, um, really like improved and communication improved and decision-making improved. And all these things happened because she was prepared to, you know, keep under control the emotions and be proactive once the challenge and the problems came. And then thanks to being able to live those experiences positively, like turn it into a positive learning experience, she was then able to find those benefits, such as like bigger empathy, bigger, which brings to build, be better at building relationships and so on. Wow, I'm so glad you brought up the the empathy part because that is so important. And I don't think um, I have heard much about it in the travel industry. It's like, yeah, it's great. You feel good and 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 it opens your horizon. But yeah, the empathy part, why, why are we friendlier when we're abroad? And uh, why, you know, why we are able to put our, ourselves into other people's shoes. Like, at least that for me was, was a big one. I I am like from a small country in South America where a lot of travelers used to go to. And then I moved to this big giant, the United States. And I, I still like since I grew up in the same place with the same people and everything the same, I it was hard for me to understand different cultures, and especially here in the United States, that is a melting pot. It's like, well, why these people from this culture do this or do that? But just then as I progressed and travel, I was able to just understand and 
just understand that nothing is weird. It's just different and and everywhere in the world is different. So I'm glad that also your client was able to come to some realizations as well. Um, now that you mentioned that she was moving to a country that doesn't speak the same language, how many languages do you speak? Uh, four. <laughs> okay. Uh, okay. Italian, English, German, and Spanish. Got it. I checked your Spanish. It's really good. <laughs> what do you know about you know, the effects of learning a new language. Yeah. Oh, oh my God. I mean, I could, uh, yeah, I could go on forever about that. I think, I mean, obviously travel and languages both have great effects and in a way, funny enough that empathy and creativity and those kind of like brain effects that you have to travel is also because you are exposed to new languages. So overall, I would say in general, there's a lot of studies that show, like, for example, bilingual kids and, you know, people growing up with different, exposed to different languages kind of think differently and they tend to be more creative mm -hmm. and uh, better at problem solving. The thing is that when you speak different languages or you have to learn um, a new language, you, again, are starting to use new pathways you're starting to create those new pathways and then when you switch between languages what I mean to me sometimes I feel like <laughs> but there's a black hole in my brain sometimes when I speak like when I switch too many into too many but um what it really does is like it's almost you are activating like those different parts in your language area of the brain so it really is like kind of like doing puzzles and crosswords that's the word uh crosswords and puzzle and things like that it's almost like a brain exercise to keep it young and, and challenging, right? Like your brain actually does like to be challenged. Um, and that because it does actually like to create those new connections and pathways and so on. So language is basically that on, on steroids, right? Like it's, you are learning not only new, new words and all of this, it's almost becoming like a kid again, who has to learn, you know, to say things, right? Like you're, you're going through the same thing you went through when you were like, whatever, two, I think kids start speaking when they're around two years old, right? Mm -hmm. yes. Um, yes. Yeah, that's kind of the beauty of it. And I, I understand, like, I think the creativity comes from the fact that you have to almost like find those words, right? Like even just, for example, the associations you, you may have, and you notice when you learn a second language and you may even like learn a certain word associated to that language. I have some words I don't even know in Italian because I just learned them in English or I learned them in, in Spanish. It's like, I don't really know how to translate this because this is the word I mean, you know? And um, again, you create all these new associations. And I think the beautiful thing, and that's a little bit more in the back end of language learning is you're also learning about the culture and about the history of the place. And that's what I do also with my language clients. It's, I think it's super important because a lot of like how we speak, the words we use, why we say certain things, so much has to do with what has happened in a country, why, you know, why the language developed in a certain way. So I think because of that learning, that's why it brings so much, um, you know, so much brain benefit to it. And even if you're not learning actively um, a second language, even being exposed to it when you're traveling, your brain almost has to like solve this puzzle, solve this problem. And that is what kind of like helps building upon it. And again, activating all those, that good stuff um, in your brain, like literally wired in your brain. Yeah, no, that's true. Actually, once I read that 
learning a new language activates a new part in your brain that it wouldn't otherwise. And also, yeah, I also, every country I visit, I try to at least get a, an understanding of some words they use and why they use them. Because yes, there, there is so much history be, behind the words everyone uses. And also, I, I can only compare Spanish and English, but in Spanish, we have this thing where we don't, we are not really accountable for our words or what we do. What I mean by that is that if I drop a cup, instead of saying, oh, I dropped the cup, you said something like, oh, the cup dropped by itself. So <laughs> when I realized that, I was like, oh, this makes so much sense. And also everyone says that Spanish is the language of love and this and that, and, and that, yes, we, we use a lot of like cute words towards other people, but that's also the thing, like to, you can be at the supermarket and the cashier will call you mi amor, at least in Venezuela. So, so like understanding those difference and in the States, you know, it's not like that. It will take a lot for someone to call you my love. Um, <laughs> I wanted to, to bring that out. And also, um, because also, you know, language and understanding the culture as well, you know, it, it helped you understand and increase your cultural competence because every culture is different 100 which also helps what we said before that empathy and putting yourself in other people's shoes is because of this knowledge that you created right um you're like oh this person for example there's certain countries among which india and apparently bulgaria i found out by going to bulgaria during december uh, where they say like they shook their head to say yes and they mm go up and down with the head. I'm like doing it and trying to like <laughs> make this understandable for a podcaster um, to say no. Um, and like little things like that, where you're like, if you're not aware of that little cultural thing, you're like, is this person just being rude? Or like, what is going on? Or like ways of being, like even like a bit personality wise, right? Like there's certain cultures, I mean, I'm Southern too, right? Like <laughs> I feel between Latin America and Mediterranean, we're kind of like culturally similar, but then you go to like a minority country and then you, proximity and like all of these things they're just different and it's not about as you said at the beginning like you learn that it's not about i am right and you're wrong and there's just one way to do it. like you actually learn that there's so many different realities and there's so many simply differences there's not that right or wrong it's just like okay and then you understand it and that's why you're able to be more empathic because you have that explanation in your head where you're like okay that's maybe why this person is doing this, right? Like you're trying to go beyond just like the, the superficial act that the person has. Because also when you travel, and especially solo traveling, like you kind of have to get those cues, right? Like you have to like, you know, feel the room, understand. And like it's between safety and just like connecting, as we said, right? Because of that need that you have when you solo travel, like you have to almost practice even more that extra empathy and that extra kind of like, figuring out the other person right and and I think this is a great thing and that's why I always say like at least at least once in your life do a bigger trip do a longer trip stay on the road for at least a month and just just try it and then if you don't like it great but if you like it I'll tell you you'll be addicted to it <laughs> but um you know and, and and travel changes and I think this is what I love the most and probably also why it has so many effects on the brain because again it opens and it wires the brain in different ways because we, we also realize that there's so many 
different ways and so many like it's almost you you also become more critical you become more self-aware you become yeah just generally more conscious in a way right like when you are in that daily routine and you're kind of stuck in there you just go by autopilot like you just you don't question things you're just like like a machine in a way right this is why it's so important to even just take a break or like take a break from that daily routine whether it is even like a day trip like do something different I would say daily but do it at least weekly in order to have all these benefits right and and in order to to cut that routine that kind of lets you forget how much more there is and how much more you you can do and in a way live because you know our brain did the wiring of the brain is also how we experience the world and by wearing it differently and finding those new pathways in a way you're experiencing those new realities you're experiencing more like literally experiencing more not just figuratively <laughs> no for sure for sure when everyone says it broadens your horizons it pretty much broadens a reality because you become much more aware of many of different many many different things so and also um I want to ask you about the challenges as well, because it doesn't come without its challenges. And, and you said that the brain likes its challenges, but then also I will argue that also the brain likes to be comfortable and we like to be comfortable and, and save energy and, and also our brain keep us like safe from dangers. And this is like a primitive way of behaving because we're not cavemen anymore and we don't have lions chasing us. So Um, when we travel, there are a different set of challenges. And I want to start with these first, these first two ones, because I think that this is so important, which is sleep, you know, and, and when we sleep well, we feel good. And when we don't, we don't feel good. <laughs> and so what do you think about this challenge of sleep deprivation and jet lag? And what has been your experience or something that you have observed in others? Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, I think that's a great point because, yes, our brain, I still believe it's our greatest asset, but it can also be our greatest enemy. And I think that's why, uh, you know, practicing certain, now they call it biohacks, uh, mm -hmm. and certain mindfulness practices can create that better kind of experience. So jet lag wise, I have a recent experience that like, I've usually been really good with jet lags. Um, and the reason being that I was kind of, Um, again, <laughs> biohacking. So trying to get used to the time zone before being in the time zone. So a big thing for me um, has always been, for example, like knowing what time I would be there and then I wouldn't eat or I would try to sleep already on the plane, especially on long haul flights and, and kind of adjust that way, right? So if it's like, even if it's for me 8 p.m., but I know it's like midnight or something, like bedtime where I'm going, I would just try to like force myself to sleep and try to kind of win it that way. You can also do this like even a week before going. Mm -hmm. If you're really like kind of scared of the jet lag or you're more sensitive to it, you can prepare about a week before to really get into that routine. It's just that I think normally and realistically, it's a bit harder because you have a job and all these things, right? So for me, it always has been on the flight. That's where <laughs> where I start applying all of this, let's say, tricks. Um, funny enough, like I was also reading that uh, jet lag and all of that can even um, actually affect like your periods and things like this, right? Like your hormones, your periods, there's a, there's a bigger effect that it has. And absolutely, it is almost like in a way distressing your body, right? Um, and as you say, also, we don't like to mess with our sleep. 
humans need their seven, eight hours sleep. And as you say, less than that, it's not, it's not good. And I mean, we all know we need our good sleep. Um, so I think in general, I don't think it should be seen as like, oh my God, like I cannot go to this place because there's a bigger jet lag. I generally think like preparing for it to minimize the effects of that jet lag will help you experience it. And then if you're still having issues, like really take the first day to just adapt. Again, force yourself to eat when it's time to eat because that's a big thing. So like it's light and it's food that kind of tells our body what what time it is, right? So wherever you are, flight or the first day, if you're still a bit jet like try to put yourself in that situation. Tell your body that it's morning, tell your body that it's dinner time by eating, even though you're not hungry, even though it doesn't feel like right. And and being like the, the dark and the and the light, right? Like force yourself to stay up and stay in the sunlight and force yourself to find a dark room and like sleep in it, like go back to the hotel, hostel, wherever you're staying at, Airbnb, and and just do that. But I think, yes, absolutely. And then hopefully within the first, you know, day, maximum two days, you can readapt and get your good sleep. But I think like those first two days are very fundamental. Like it can really like determine whether you're staying in the jet lag and then you're like missing out on like actually, you know, especially if you don't have super much time, it's so important that if you have like, let's say a week or two that you don't waste, you know, four or five days just trying to get adjusted to it. So I highly suggest to do those tricks and then, yeah, pull through. So it's a bit a bit of an effort at first, but it pays off so that you can be adjusted and uh, living in the place. No, definitely it's very important. I I didn't care about my sleep before and then I will just be on the go, go, go and then I will crash on the fourth, fifth day and be in bed for like two days. So definitely it's important to take care of of that at the beginning so you don't crash and actually you enjoy the the place you're in the place that you put an effort to go to and and so yeah thank you so much for for all those tips and then also how have you what do you recommend for dealing with unfamiliar environments environments and also cultural differences i know we have talked about languages and and some of that before but it can be very hard on us, on our brains, because everything is different. And it can also create some sort of anxiety because we feel that pretty much everything is out of our control. Yeah, absolutely. And as you said before, it's true. <laughs> I feel like our brain likes the challenges and likes that because it grows and it's good for it. But it's not that natural, right? Like I think like we really evolved to defeat that instinct in order to evolve our brain the way it is now. So being in a different environment, as you said, can create that distress because fear and excitement are basically the same kind of emotion. It's just that fear is what your brain creates for you when it thinks it's danger. And it usually happens when it's something that the brain doesn't recognize. If it's something you've experienced before and it was a positive experience, your brain is like, yeah, no, that's excitement. <laughs> Go for it. Do it again. But if it's something new or it kind of triggers a negative, let's say, memory or a negative emotion, your brain goes into that instinct, into that survival, into that, let's say, more automatic response, which is usually it's danger, which is usually that uh, fight and flight response, which can cause you block even or going to that anxious state or just kind of yeah being blocked as in not knowing exactly what to do and 
all the negative emotions that follow that, right? And even like raise of cortisol, the stress hormone. So in general, what I suggest, um, you know, to, to clients, friends, and whoever um, is going abroad, and especially when they go to, you know, extremely different, right? Like, I mean, if you go from Italy to Spain or, you know, something like that, you're probably having a lot of like also familiarities and, <laughs> uh, but let's go, you're going, you know, from a Western country to an Eastern country. Um, what I always suggest, and this is really a lot to do also with the language. Um, I suggest always two things. The first one, and you kind of mentioned it, that you do it, which is great. I was like, yeah, <laughs> that's a great thing that you do, which is getting familiar beforehand with the language. Okay. And I put together like this, like I call it like a mini guide of communication, which is like that super, super basic phrases and words that you need and the alphabet. Cause just like recognizing like letters, this is because like having that kind of like mini communication guide before going, especially if you go solo, it's important also to feel safer. I think like one of the worst things and like the one that really is going to put you in like super distress and anxiety moment is not understanding what's going on around you. Mm. And especially, you know, solo female travelers, I mean, we we have also some extra challenges and worries, right? So understanding at least what is going around us or knowing, okay, if I have an emergency, I know how to respond. I know people will understand me. I think it just puts our heart at peace. And even like mm -hmm. bringing that mini guide with you, bringing those, that sheet that you prepared before with you can help. The other thing that helps with languages is offline language apps. Like now there's a, there's a couple that work at any time. You can even take, especially with like the languages that use a different alphabet. Uh, you can take a picture of it and then it like tells you what it means. So kind of being prepared in that way and preparing ahead, especially if it's like first time you go solo or you're, let's say, less seasoned. And so you're less um, used to be in that situation. I 100% recommend that. And as for unfamiliarity, I think like, Again, this is why I'm very big also on mindset um, in, my, in my programs and in general in life. I think like it's really that turning, right? I, I gave the example of my client before, like turning that, let's say, what could be a negative moment into a learning and, and proactive moment. So for that, unfortunately, it really is that practice that you do. And I suggest you like do it daily. Like, how do you keep control of the emotion? How are you reacting in this way because it is actually a danger, right? Is it your gut feeling like being right about it? Because it is. And I always say like, follow it. But taking that moment and like realizing, especially again, when you're just kind of reacting because it's unfamiliar, it doesn't necessarily, it's not necessarily a danger, right? It's just like, oh, I don't know what it is. This is so different. Hmm. Taking that moment and kind of like looking into that emotion, like, okay, why am I reacting like this? Like, why am I feeling like this? Is it truly like a danger? And like, you're basically like teaching your brain to realize that that is not a danger anymore and induce that, okay, it's all good brain, you know, <laughs> it's all good boss, <laughs> please <laughs> don't make me anxious about it. So I generally think it's creating that right mindset. I call it like that strong inner compass, right? Because that's what's going to guide you, especially on the road, especially traveling solo you need to practice that mindset that you know you can rely on. You know that you can get out of that difficult situation. You know that you can turn something from bad to good. Um, and you know you can rely on your gut feeling as well because yeah. that's it.
I would say that's a very big thing to have, especially traveling. Now, definitely, it's very important to create that mindset before leaving because maybe when you're traveling, you are in a different environment, but the good news and the bad news is that you're bringing yourself with with you, you know? So doesn't well mean, said. yeah, it doesn't matter whatever you are, if you your way of thinking and your mindset and, and the way you regulate your emotions and, and thoughts will always be with you. So better to work on that before going into the airplane. Thank you so much for all those tips. Definitely, they were great. And the mini guide, it's its such a great tool. I, I will have never thought about that. But yeah, it's like you start getting familiar with the culture, with the language, with the place. So you can maybe feel more at ease once you get to, to that new place. Um, also, I, I want to ask you about homesickness. I know you've been around. I have been around myself and I can only speak for myself. I remember when I first emigrated to the United States, homesickness was a big deal for me. And I remember uh, I didn't know what depression was back there in Venezuela. Most Latin Americans I know, they always say I don't have time to get depressed. But then later on... <laughs> I don't, I don't say that right now, but definitely it's something, it's a common saying. But um, right now that I know more about this topic, I know I got depressed and I remember sleeping most of the day, probably 12 to 14 hours a day. So um, just because that was my way of escaping reality. So how have you dealt with that or have you, what advice can you, can you give on this? Yeah. Um, so homesickness is is a big deal. And the, the thing is that it can happen even throughout the years you've been abroad, right? Like you have this moment where it just hits you. And I think that's one thing that, you know, with, with the years abroad, you also kind of just get to accept. Um, of course, if you are new to it and you're like, you just moved, of course, it is a challenge that you need to prepare for. Um, it is not a reason to give up on you left for a reason and I always tell my clients also to like go back to the why there is a reason why you left so I think there's two things um one of this that I would suggest one of this is that one you left for a reason and that's why even like doing the work and getting the clarity on like what you want in life because traveling and moving abroad or you know becoming an expat becoming an immigrant that's a life change like that is like just turning your life upside down in a way right um, so in order to treat it that way, you have to, you know, accept that there's going to be impacts and consequences of that dimension, some of which is very negative emotions can happen. Right. So, and this is something that I say, like, it always helps, like whatever big goal or small goal you have in life, you have a reason behind it and doing the work to really go deep into why you have this goal. Okay. But why? Why is it important? Okay, but why is that important? And like, we tend to really not go deep. Like sometimes, like, oh, I want to do this, you know, and you just say it. And the, the fun part about setting goals and, and, and you know, all of that is there is a big motivation behind it. And that why that motivation is actually what's going to save you in the moment, like things go wrong. And I say this to like, whether it's somebody like learning a language or somebody moving abroad or somebody like doing a big, you know, solo trip abroad. I tell them the same because at the at the foundation, like the common denominator is if it's a challenging moment, we need to go back to our root to like really knowing that we've made that move. We made that decision for us and whatever your why is, 
is why you should get up the next day, cry it out, get up the next day and do something about it. Which brings me to the second point. My second point is, once you go back to your why, uh, which is your anchor, right? Mindset also <laughs> very important uh, to trigger that, to trigger that response where you're like, instead of like, let's say escaping it, you're like, bring you back to that, bring you back to, you know, a, almost a reflective moment and cry it out. I always say like, if you feel in a certain way, just feel like it. I think the most important thing in life is embrace all of your emotions because it is how it is. It's positive and it's negative. That's just life. And we should embrace all of it, right? Like life is balance of the good and the bad, right? So we cannot eliminate one from, from life just like that. I think that's very utopic. Um, so the second thing to do after having that moment, you know, clear out of all your emotions, especially if it's like the beginning, the next day is when you take action. So I want you to think about what can I do today to get out of this state? Can I go take a walk in the park, talk to a stranger? Can I go sit down, have a coffee and like start my day differently? Can I go and do exercise? Can I like what? is something that will put you out of that and then do it. And then the other thing with homesickness specifically, and goes back to like, <laughs> I guess my whole branding, but connections. So community, finding somebody else. I think like it's, you know, it's good and bad in a way that when you're first new in a place, you also tend to kind of like, be attracted to people who are in the similar spot. So you try to really like stay with expats. You try to stay with somebody who speaks your language. And I think that's great in a way, because at least you go through those emotions and it's people who understand you. But like, I always say, take that with a pinch of salt, because it's also, you moved for a reason and like living in a new country without immersing yourself, without embracing the culture, without trying to learn something from it is also not in the long term what you want. So with some sickness, it's really about connect, connect with the people. That's why I say maybe like the good thing to do is take a walk in the park, talk to a stranger, you know, find people online. Like I think like nowadays we're so lucky. Like when I started like traveling and all uh, that, I was pretty young. I moved when I was like 12 for the first time, like with my family to, you know, from Italy to Germany. So big difference in culture, in language. I mean, I spoke nothing but Italian at the time. So, um, I had nothing. I had letters. <laughs> there was not even internet or emails at the time. So then, you know, I had emails and those, that was the way I could like keep in contact with people. But once you're there, I mean, besides I was lucky I was at school, but if I was any older, I would have had no way besides literally going to places and venues to meet people because a smartphone wasn't a thing. Right. So I think like nowadays we're really lucky that we can find people online and generally I generally <laughs> uh, suggest to try to find local. There's a lot of local people and um, even platforms that you can find for the specific city you're in, that it's locals who want to bond with internationals, with like, you know, people who just moved and connect with them, right? Like, I think it's good to have both. Find a community of experts, people who are going through the same, find a community of like-minded women, you know, find that. I'd always have on the side a way and your window into connecting to the locals so that you can also start those friendships because it's super important, especially because as you, as you know, especially if you're an expert or you're on a working holiday, like kind of more in that limbo or a digital nomad for whatever, you know, whatever you're doing, like you're just working and you're moving more, you know, 
that there's a difference. Like, like if you're just with, let's say, just with expats, just with the people who are traveling, those people also move, right? And, and they go away. So if you're truly trying to move abroad and stay there and build a life in that country, not necessarily in the city, but in that country, then you have to start connecting with the locals. You have to immerse and give it a try because also I think it really tells you, do you want to stay or not? Because again, I think like a big scary thing, which also builds to that homesickness, like, oh my God, you know, I left my home. Like, I, what's going to happen? It's also like having, when you have that panic and that moment, you also remind yourself not only why you went, but also that nothing is in stone in life. You don't like it? go away but you cannot go away if you haven't tried it and i think that resilience and this is why again mindset is super important building that resilience where it's like it's just a tough day it's just a tough patch but on the other side there's so much more the opportunities on the other side the friendships the relationships that you can build on the other side that is why it's all worth it so remember it's not set in stone it may just be a bad day <laughs> i wasn't sure if i could <laughs> swear so it may be a not great day but go through it and then make a decision give yourself time because those moments that homesickness it's a moment it's temporary i think i read recently uh, um i forgot uh, but i read recently somewhere like a quote where it's like everything in life is temporary and i think it's in a way it's it's true i mean even life itself if we want to go very philosophical but it's just to remember, okay, this panic moment doesn't need. Tomorrow is a different day. Let's yeah. go. And I think this is important because to be realistic, that homesickness happens. It's not like that, you know, for example, yourself, you moved, you've been abroad for a while. Myself too, it's been, eight, well, 18 years when I first moved abroad and now 12 years by, you know, just myself, like going around the world. But it's not that it doesn't happen again. It's just that you know how to react to it. And I think that's why it's super important to work on that because then when these moments happen, loneliness, homesickness, you know how to react to it because the reality is it's going to come back, right? And, and it's going to come back in a way also different. Like sometimes I'm homesick, but also I know, I know I belong outside of Italy. You know what I mean? Like I know I'm happy where I am. I have no idea if I'll ever go back. Maybe, maybe not. It's all open, right? But the beauty of it is like, then when I'm back, I'm even like happier. I love it. You know, like I, yeah, I can see all the good things. Yeah, there's, there's so much and it's just worth it. And it's just worth to give yourself time to make a final decision on like whether you stay there and so on. So great question. Sorry, I had a lot to say about the sickness. I think it's very important. <laughs> that was a great answer for sure. So half a strong why. And also create a strategy on how you are going to deal with with these emotions. And I think what you mentioned is really important that, you know, just going through those emotions, like if you have to cry, just cry and just, you know, sit with it. it, it that emotion is there for a reason. And and also um, another thing that stuck with me was that nothing is set on stone. Um, you, you move one, you can move again. And, and if you decide to stay in that country, get in contact with the locals and and with people that live there because if you're just hanging out with travelers they are going to leave and it's you will have to you know open that cycle again and go through those processes and moments again it's like falling in love with someone and breaking up right away and then finding someone new and breaking up so it's like it's, it's that sounds very painful so make sure to to be in contact with someone that 
that is there. And what you said about going back to Italy, you knew you, you didn't belong to Italy, but then when you go back, you really appreciate it. The same happens to me with my with my little hometown uh, in Venezuela. So I always knew that that was not my place. But uh, once I left, it was really hard. But now I go, I'm like, okay, I really appreciate it, but I know I don't belong here. And that's something, I think that's also something that happens to, to every traveler. You know, I guess you... You know, the neuroplasticity and your brain changes so much and your horizons broaden so much that it's kind of, you're just like a citizen of the war. It's like you kind of like, I don't belong here, but I don't belong there, but I feel good here right now. And it's just like this dance and just, you know, enjoying and living life to the fullest. And Robin, I absolutely love everything you share with us. And I want to now ask you about any final thoughts i know we discuss about the benefits on the brain and thank you so much for everything you shared with us and also we shared about the challenges how to deal with homesickness so do you have anything else that you would like to share with us well uh just maybe a couple more tips for your next trip that you have you in the audience that have planned um it's something that also goes back to everything we talked about and really like making the benefits um you know physical like in the brain uh, and and also like practicing a bit of mindfulness when when abroad so for those two tips is number one travel journaling i think it's a great moment and to be honest i am somebody who like i practice mindfulness but i'm not there for 30 minutes mindfulness but um because of also how it fits my schedule how i am and how i find it effective for me those like five to ten minutes so sit there and even like those there's a lot of like five minutes journals and so on just the same way you would do it at home sit and reflect on the learnings that you had that day what did you learn what was a great you know memory of the day big small whatever it is like maybe you didn't do anything maybe you just went to the cafe but that you know just sitting there and observing people is the memory of the day and so there's a lot of also prompts like you can find online and so on but i i generally feel like even just having a little page fill it out every day and i think especially for your first solo trip this is a game changer because when you travel it's easy to funny it's easy also to kind of disconnect with yourself because you are so busy with all these new things and you're like you know you're, you're meeting people and you're doing this and and that and one great thing about travel is that it really pushes you to be very present, very conscious, right? Like we yeah. talked about it, going conscious with your mind because you're living day by day. You're not like stressed by deadlines and so on, right? So to really maximize all those benefits on your brain, taking that extra effort and step to like sit down and journal about your day, even just for the first month, whatever you can keep, maybe longer if you're, you know, finding the benefits of it can really... First of all, it's a great memory in general that you can build, but also it can really set your experience deeper because this is kind of like the whole point and also like the whole point of like how it affects the brain is like when we travel deeper, so immersing yourself, exposing yourself to the culture and these things is what gives you all these benefits, is what taking that moment to reflect and learn and really like kind of like you have to practice it right like it's all like new in a way and really absorb all of that is what will build like the hormones of that is kind of like automatic you can't really control much of it it's like you know you have those all moments Oof, you know like <laughs> cortisol is down now great but everything else is like 
maximize that experience and it will literally be life-changing and that's why I guess I'm big on slow travel because it's all about this um and the second thing is connecting actually back to um you know that unfamiliarity another great thing besides you know language and so on read the news just like get a bit like acquainted to like what is going on in the Mm -hmm. country right and I think it helps with that feeling of oh I don't know how it looks like or you know what people do but it also again helps you travel deeper maybe you find something by reading about the place you find something that you wouldn't have known like to do right always leave something for spontaneity like always always don't plan every single moment of every single day no because then you talk to somebody you find out there's something really cool to do and you can't because life is planned to the minute but inform yourself right it's all about learning and this is the biggest thing about traveling it's a continuous learning about yourself about the world and you know how to respect and live in this respectful kind of beautiful reality wow thank you so much for everything you shared with us and those are great so mindfulness and also i'm with you i cannot meditate for 20 30 minutes but i can also sit still for five ten. but that also because of my personality as well so you know it comes with knowing yourself and know what matches your personality and what you feel good with and that also comes from reflecting not only on your travel experiences but from your day-to-day and just experimenting with life so Robin thank you so much and before I end the interview I want to ask you uh, where anyone that is listening to this episode can find you yeah so the easiest way to find me is on Instagram at our connected world uh, I also have a website www.ourconnectedworld.ca uh, but yeah on Instagram you know anybody can if they have questions or whatever can always DM me um, again happy to connect obviously <laughs> Yeah, that those are like part of your core, explore and connect. So that's great. I will make sure to leave those in the show notes. And thank you so much. It was very informative. And I really appreciate everything you shared with, with us tonight. So thank you so much again, Robin. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Gracias. <laughs>